This is Colorado Matters from CPR News. I'm Ryan Warner. Pueblo is often overshadowed by Colorado Springs and Metro Denver to its north. But the city, with fewer than 100,000 registered voters, got visits from both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump in recent weeks. It is so great to be here in Pueblo, Colorado. We love Pueblo. Bill and I talk about Pueblo all the time. And it is always a treat for either one of us to come. The presidential candidates believe Colorado's nine electoral college votes could swing on Pueblo. It's a diverse industrial city. About half of residents identify as Hispanic or Latino. Steel used to be the big employer in town, and it's still here, though smaller, and some new industries have moved in. Not far from where Trump rallied downtown at the convention center is the Pueblo Riverwalk. It's a revitalized stretch that has helped draw new businesses, like the Brews Ale House, which opened less than a year ago. Dylan Lee brings out chairs and umbrellas for the patio. Setting up for another beautiful day. Sous chef Chris Vaughn says the brewery has hosted watch parties for the presidential debates and got a bump when the candidates were in town. It was just massive amounts of business, really, to tell you the truth. When the alehouse opened, a local newspaper said it could help catalyze the cultural rebirth already underway in this underdog city. The owner plans to build a boutique hotel on top. Pueblo is not growing, though, as fast as other cities on the front range. Unemployment is more than a point higher than it is statewide. But this city is attracting new industry, as we said, like a Vestas wind factory. And it welcomed marijuana growers and sellers. That's controversial because of a big drug problem here. Pueblo's rebirth and its struggles are evident to folks on the Riverwalk, like Gina Cordero, who pushes her daughter Mia in a stroller. Cordero's been in Pueblo about 20 years and says there are more jobs now, though they require more education. She feels safe in town, but notices the effects of heroin and addiction. It's gotten worse over the past few years, I think. Just the people standing on corners begging for money, um, more and more thefts going on. I've had a couple of friends that had their cars broken into, so it's a problem. Security, jobs, health care, all these issues will influence how Puebloans vote in the next few weeks. Both Democrats and Republicans have a shot here. Pueblo favored President Barack Obama twice, then recalled a Democratic state senator who helped pass gun control measures. Colorado's last U.S. Senate race in 2014 was nearly a dead heat in the county. Last Friday, we came to meet voters from across the political spectrum. We gathered in a room at the Central Library. And I started with a question NPR and stations around the country are asking. What do you want the next president to know about you? My name is Mel Otero. I'm 57. I am unaffiliated. I will support Hillary Clinton for president this year. I'm involved in my community. I've been a longtime worker. I'm college educated. I'm an educator. I would like the next president to know that he or she should look at us, typical, as we typical Americans go about our lives, as wanting to participate somehow, not just a they who's separate from the actions of government, but everything they do impacts us. I think we've heard so much divisiveness presented to us. I, I, I don't, I haven't heard a whole lot of, after somebody's elected, here's what, how you can contribute. The ask not, 
business that we heard from President Kennedy way back when. Uh, That's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Correct. What can we do for our country? The invitation I haven't heard a whole lot of. What do you think you can do for your country, Mel Otero? Well, as an educator, what I can continue to do is to educate young people, do what I can to put into their hands the tools that they need to learn about their country, and to be able to work. I also, I think, uh, since my son is sitting here right next to me. Your son, Alex. My son, Alex, is sitting next to me. I believe that I've raised good children. Uh, given them some guidance along with my wife, who is the primary caregiver, and she's given them the, the direction to, you've got to participate. You've got to give back. We live in the greatest place in the world. It didn't get there by accident. Who else would like to say something? Hi, I'm, I'm Paul Torres, and I'm 65. I just hit my 65th birthday, and I was always wanting to be a senior, and all of a sudden I become one. And I think it's kind of important, not only as a senior citizen, but as a Democrat, that, that this election has become probably one of the most critical elections I've ever experienced in my lifetime. You know, being born in Southern Colorado back in 1951, I went through several elections, including the Kennedy, the Johnson, the Nixon, the Ford, Carter, and I've had the opportunity to vote in both parties, both Republican and Democrat. I was involved in public safety. I retired as the executive director of the Denver Police and Fire Commission. And I'm also an ex-service-connected uh, Vietnam veteran. This has probably been one of the most difficult elections that I've experienced in my lifetime. Having to hear the rhetoric on both sides is uh, it's overwhelming. And I think it's had a huge effect on our families. I know it's had an effect on my grandchildren. They've talked about, you're talking about 14- and 17-year-olds, talking about an election that is straight away from the values that I grew up with the morality I grew up with here in Colorado. You know, being from a Hispanic family, we had a lot of religion and a lot of traditions built into us. Now all of a sudden, we're having to listen to candidates that that uh, their, their backgrounds are... It's pretty disturbing to me. What I want to see is a candidate that's going to represent the morality and, and the values and the beliefs that I have as a person growing up. And that, that includes religion respect, dignity, and I see that in Hillary Clinton. Uh, I know there's some issues regarding her honesty, regarding tapes, and I always say, my God, if that's the worst thing she did, she's walking on water. Because to the best of my knowledge, she never sold any trade secrets. She didn't make extra money to unjustly enrich herself working in the State Department, you know, appointed under Obama, I think she's got a lot of values and morals that, that, that I feel strong enough and confident in to vote for her. Who, who else? What should the next president know about you? Boni, Cosilioncio for Bonifacio. 67, should have retired two years ago, but things change. What do you do, Boni? I'm a contractor, a heavy and highway contractor. We do it in four states. Uh, 95% of what I do is with a federal agency monies. So what I want to see from our government leader, I would like to see that government leader know what it's like to hold harmless clause. I would like that person to know what it's like to be in the trenches, be responsible for employees. Of course, Donald Trump has done that. I'm a supporter of Donald Trump. The other candidate has never produced a job. That's what I want to see in that uh, presidential candidate, in my president, is somebody who knows the trenches, knows business, knows... um, the whole spectrum on a large scale. 
all of the stuff that we read about, uh, the tapes, you know, the secrecy, the uh, emails, you hear all that, but I have to put that below us. You know, we can get caught up in, in that mud, and we do. But I feel that if they rise above that, that's the real metal of a person. That's what I've had to work through all the time and all my life as a contractor. And, Boney, when you see that Donald Trump has sometimes not paid people who do work for him, what, what is your reaction to I've it? done that. I've had not to pay people who said, hey, I want a pizza. You get three quarters of a pizza. Heck no. You want the full deal. Same with contractors. You want a contractor to come and do your sidewalk, paint your house, do your carpeting. If you see it, it's not done right. Are you going to say, well, that's okay? Of course not. Yeah, but I think the question is, he bankrupt over eight times, and... I want to just stick with... So that... Complete complete your thoughts. We can get back to this. When you're an employer, you live your employees. You live their families. So you have to provide for them. You have to be all omnipotent for them. Plus, putting up with all the government stuff that we get. So that's what I see in my president. This is Paul. I was in human resources for 40 years. I worked for some of the major companies here in, in the state of Colorado, the Adolf Kors Company, Whirlpool Corporation. The companies I worked for didn't bankrupt small employers and write off and then make a profit during that same time. And that bothers me as a taxpayer more than anything. And then it's been reported in the news that that $920 million loss was extended out over an 18-year period of time. That's a pretty good write-off for a man who's now wanting to be president of the United States. It bothers me a lot, personally, because I pay taxes all my life. I've overpaid in Social Security, so I know what it's like to pay. So I think, you know, I think when they talk about Donald Trump, he's never put his hands in any mud and any dirt, to the best of my knowledge. He was given $14 million by his father. He's now does very well. According to the last reports, he's worth $4 billion or more. That's pretty nice to have that golden spoon right off the start. I didn't start off with that spoon. When you work for somebody else, it's great, but you really don't know the heat. You really don't. And as far as the billions of dollars or whatever number he's put out as far as Donald Trump, I take advantage of those tax holes or loopholes or rules. Those are things that our representative, all of us here, have voted on. I didn't make the tax code or the rules, and I see Donald Trump as a businessman taking you know, that's what he's been given as an American said. This is what you can take advantage of. So all of us here take advantage of, uh, of our different tax situations that we're in. That's our government. I'd love to hear a female voice. Oh, okay. And a hand goes up. I'm Rita kerr I'm 29. I'm a teacher. Uh, I'm a registered Democrat, mostly just because I like to vote in the primaries. <laughs> and I'm going to support Hillary Clinton for president, but it's not an enthusiastic endorsement. Um, I guess what I would want the next president to know is just that I, I don't think uh, this election should really be about any one particular issue. I think for me, it's about this, a system that appears to be fundamentally broken. I don't feel like either candidate for me has adequately addressed the problems that I see with our election system. Um, as someone, I, I teach government, so it's something I talk about a lot and therefore think about a lot. I don't like the fact that corporations and uh, 
pe moneyed peoples in general have such a large impact on our election system. I don't like that it's so difficult for someone who comes from more modest backgrounds. I'm listening to you guys and all your backgrounds, and I honestly think most of you would probably be better candidates than the people we're dealing with now. I do think that people who come from wealth, who come from uh, privilege, are going to have a difficult time representing average Americans. And But I don't think we have the opportunity for those types of people to enter into the system, even at the congressional level, at the state level. I think it, we, we struggle to have the funding for those types of um, people to get involved. And so I think um, until we have some sort of major systemic change, it's going to be difficult to find politicians that are actually able to address the issues that we care about. Jim, I'm curious what you want the next president to know about you. My name is Jim Solomon, 32, and a uh, steel worker. I hold dual citizenship in both Russia and the United States. And I would have to say uh, you're playing with fire in the Ukraine. Russia's not going to back down on this one. You know, everyone wants to talk about everything else, and the Ukraine's definitely going to come down to World War III. So this is on your mind as the next president takes office. Oh, yeah. And uh, who are you supporting? I'd have to go with Trump. He's more sensible. Um, given the current administration, they're not going too well with the... Uh, pushing the current uh, political system in Ukraine. So you, national security is top of mind for you? Oh, yeah. And you think that that's the trigger point in the world? Yeah, it's definitely a trigger point. Who else wants to say what they need from their next president? Go ahead. Hi, uh, my name is Ingrid Lopez, and I'm 19, and I work at um, GCS. It's a calling center. Um, what I want my next president to know about me is that I, in the words of Donald Trump, I am an anger baby. Um, both of my parents are from Mexico. My father is still um, does not hold a legal status. My mother is a resident. And I'm very proud to be an American, but it it's kind of astounding the difficult things that I still face as an American citizen as far as getting my education. Um, right now I'm $2,200 in debt for three classes that I took at PCC in my pursuit to be a psychologist. That's all I want as an American citizen is just an education and an easier path to be able to pursue that and to pursue my career. And as our educational system is very flawed. Pretty much, I pretty much see it as a cycle of that these kids, that they don't get the motivation, they just don't want to go to school, they go off and start committing crimes, and then it starts working against our favor. And I think that needs to change, and I think... The next president should know about me is that I just want to be able to offer my um, my talents and my uh, life experiences with others and being a psychologist. And I'm pretty sure other other kids want to do the same thing, but they're so limited to what they could do because of their education system. Did you say who you were supporting? I don't support either, <laughs> honestly. Um, Trump is lacks a lot of moral and respect and he lacks a lot of facts and Hillary Clinton lacks honesty and I just don't understand okay I, I understand Benghazi and her emails but is that really what's the deal breaker <laughs> I mean Donald Trump just bragged about sexually harassing women <laughs> and you know as a woman and as an aunt I would not trust especially Donald Trump around my niece my niece is a very beautiful girl, and I just wouldn't trust him around her because of that. Like, why does my niece have to pay because Donald Trump is a pig? 
So do you think you'll support a third-party candidate, or might you not vote at all at the top of the ticket? I will most likely um, look into the third-party candidate, and if that doesn't work, then Hillary Clinton is my choice, just because she does have a political background, and she's more intelligent than Donald Trump, clearly, and, um, you know, her all of her debates, she clearly shows that she has more historical um, perspective and more moral perspective, and at the end of the day, it's about what our president, president could do for us as a people. Colorado Matters is on the road in Pueblo, where both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have campaigned recently. Pueblo is a fascinating place with old industry like steel and new like wind energy. It's diverse, a big Latino population, and it's not a shoe-in for either party. We're speaking with voters there about the presidential race. More after a break on CPR News. It's Colorado Matters from CPR News. I'm Ryan Warner. Let's return to my conversation with a diverse group of voters in Pueblo. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have been in town recently courting them. And we're asking, what should the next president know about you? You can answer as well on Twitter using the hashtag Dear Washington. I want to point out that we're, we're in Pueblo, home of the heroes, because it's, it's home to four Medal of Honor winners. And I know that we have some veterans here today, and I'd like to get your perspective. My name is Nafis Cameron. I'm a veteran from U.S. Army, whom I don't support either one of the candidates that is running for president, but I probably most likely will be voting for Hillary Clinton just because of the fact that she knows um, she's been in the White House. She's been Secretary of State. She has a background, and I think she just is more capable of being president than Donald Trump. And what do you want your next president to know about you, Nafis? I want my next president to know that I'm a veteran, and I come from a proverbs family. My mom, is, she tried to raise me. She worked two jobs, and still we struggled. And I'm struggling right now, and I have a kid, and I'm currently in school because when I was in the military, I got out, and I thought I could you know, find a job. I have tons of experience in logistics, and when I got out, it was no jobs that was really hiring because I didn't have a degree. So I went to school, and... I'm so I'm going to school and major is political science, and I'm also noticing that uh, when people get out of school, they have debt, lots of debt. So by the time they finish their degree, and actually even if they can find a job in their field, they still are going to be pretty much making minimum wage with a bachelor's or master's degree, and that's just that's not right. Are you working minimum wage now? No, I was working minimum wage um, after I got out of the military. VA is paying for my education at the moment. They only pay up to a certain amount. And then if I want to further my education, I will have to find a way to pay for that too. One issue that gets to me is the economy. Terrorism isn't really that big of an issue to me because you have more chances of getting hit by a meteor than being killed by a terrorist. That's just stats. Well, the, the chances are low. I'm not, yes. I'm not sure about the meteor fact. <laughs> but but the, the chances as an individual are fairly low. Yes. But yeah, so this whole terrorism, this war, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And you say that as, as a veteran. Yes. Where, where did you serve? I was here at Fort, Fort Carson, my last duty station. Um, I've been to Germany, then I deployed to Afghanistan, then Oklahoma, and then here in uh, Fort Carson, Colorado Springs. And so uh, student debt mm-hmm. and the economy are at the top of your list. Yes. And um, one thing, I'm an atheist. I don't agree with Christianity or Islam or any really religion, but I'm, I'm not going to go as far as say, hey, I hate you as a person, or just because I disagree with your beliefs doesn't mean that we can't work together for mutual betterment. 
So um, I would like the president to know how can you incorporate more atheists or more uh, non-believers or people from different backgrounds that's not Christian to be more politically involved in the uh, the U.S. government. Other veterans, I'm just veteran Vietnam, I'm Service Connect, and I support Hillary Clinton again. Is that she's proposed to give free education for the first two years, if not more? So I'm surprised that younger people are not listening to her platform. And and that's by the way how I went through college was with the GI Bill. Back in my day, guess what? They paid all our education, including our books. And let me just say that that Donald Trump has come out with a plan to deal with student debt, having repayment based on your income. I I think the real reason why us younger folks don't really care for Hillary Clinton is because her trustworthiness is low. And a lot of us are kind of salty about the fact that Bernie Sanders didn't win. That's one reason, just to be honest. (laughs) But um, we... um, like, you're, you're still sore about that. Well, yeah, I, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be honest. I am a little sore about that because um, everybody I, I know, mainly everybody I know around my age group was avidly supporting Bernie Sanders. But as far as Hillary Clinton, like I said, she's not trustworthy. Now, now why do you say that? Just to because, help me um, understand right, So her thinking. deleted emails, right, it's, it's, whatever they contain it was, she hasn't released them. So if she was to release them and they found out we had all these dirty details, tell us the truth. We probably can live with it. And or if what she's been telling um, Wall Street, what has she been telling them? All right, we know that you work with Wall Street. We know you sat on the board of Walmart. We know that you are for big corporate. But tell us the truth, and then you can put your little spin on it like, hey, this is what I did. This is what I was for. Now I'm for you. That's standard politician move. It's not that hard. I want to bring in another young person um, who I think is leaning Trump, Daniel Trujillo. Hey. Tell us about yourself. I am 17 years of age, and I, I do work at Chick-fil-A. And you did um, not bring us any food, though. I know. <laughs> Sorry about that. But um, I think the main reason I'm supporting Trump is because I try to get away from all the scandals happening with different things, you know, the emails from Hillary or the, the, the way Trump has been treating women in the past. Um, I kind of just looked at kind of what their beliefs are and, and the issues, and I think Trump covers more of what I'm thinking. What's at the top of the list for you? Um, I think the top of my list is, of course, you know, immigration. And Now, um, you say, of course, immigration. I, I don't know why, of course. Of course, because, you know, that's like a lot of the things we see in the debates is the issue with um, the Mexican, the Me- Mexico and the borders and like that. And then also um, with the refugees and things like that. That's a big issue. And how does that touch you personally? Personally, um, I am of Mexican descent. But I think it is something we need to look at and see, like, that we need to not allow illegal immigrants in, but we need to find a better way than what Trump says. I don't think, you know, building a wall is the right thing, but I think some of the things he's trying to do is make it a little stricter are better. Um, the thing I would like to let my president know in the future would kind of be to not be selfish or to be caught up in kind of what they believe and to see, like, as a whole what the country wants. You know, um, with abortion, per se, a lot of people are either pro-choice or pro-life. And I think it needs to be a co- combination of both because not everyone's going to agree on one thing and one stance. So I think that we don't need to be as like far one way or far the other way, that we need to combine them and find an even source for everything we do. And does Trump strike you as the kind of person who can find middle ground? I think some things he says. Um, for abortion, for example, he says he opposes abortion except in cases of uh, rape, incest, and life of the mother. So as a Christian, I believe that once a egg starts developing and growing, that it is life and that by aborting it, it's killing it. But there are cases that, you know, pro-choice believes, hey, what about these cases? So that's why I think that we need to find the mutual ground in things. 
Uh, this is Ingrid, and um, I totally understand, you know, your opposition of illegal immigration, because at the end of the day, it, it is not racist to be against illegal immigration, but when you have a candidate that speaks and points a finger at certain races and says, they're this, they're this, they're criminals, they're rapists, that's, that's a red flag for me. You know, again, my father is undocumented, and once I turn 21, I am going to make the fight to try to make him a legal citizen, but, you know, and then you also spoke about um, abortion. And that's a very touchy subject. You know, nobody likes the thought of an abortion. But do you really think that a a girl that made a mistake of engaging in sexual intercourse and getting pregnant, like, do you really think that's going to be, that child is going to be proper growing up, you know, living in a very low-income home, not like the mother can't even go to school because she has to take care of this child, you know. And then that also ties in with um, refugees, you know, as far as the children, that's pretty much what concerns me as kids in other countries that having that are having to pay for other people's mistakes. And, you know, so how is it that a child that's unborn and that is unwanted is more valuable than a child that's already born that's literally getting bombed? So you mean like if a child is born into a low-income home and they don't have the financial situation in order to raise a child correctly? Is that what kind of what you mean? She's, okay. she's saying yes. Yes. Okay, so I do understand that that happens a lot and sometimes when you know, families don't want their kid, it's a bad situation for the child. But once again, just my belief in myself is that once it starts growing, it's life. And it wasn't because of rape. It's not in life of the mother. It was a choice to have intercourse. There's always a price to pay for everything that you do. And, you know, once that happens, I feel like, you know, you should figure out a way to do it. You know, my mother wasn't the richest growing up either. She was born of 10 kids and only the dad's source of income from the military. Um, So my mom was very poor growing up, and, you know, she still made it. Daniel, you mentioned you were Mexican-American, and, um, you you know, Trump questioned the the qualifications of a judge who was born in the United States but was of Mexican descent, whether he could be uh, impartial because of his his background, his his ethnic background. What did you make of that as a Mexican-American? You know, I would say that Trump does overgeneralize a lot. I feel like he was incorrect in that stance, but, I mean, we can't let what someone exactly that thing get to us. You know, I, I know I'm Mexican-American, but I know what I'm also capable of. And if I, if I myself believe that I'm capable of doing it, it doesn't matter who it is that's saying I'm not able to. Even if it's your president? Yeah. Mel Otero. About being Mexican-American or Hispanic, a lot, a lot of what I expect of the president is to, in, in involving us, is to learn something about those of us who have not come here, we have been here. Our ancestry has involved Native Americans, Spanish, English, Dutch. We've got a lot of mixtures going on, but a lot of times, a lot of our background involves those people who were here indigenously. And so... Is that true for your family, Mel? That's true for our family. Really, we, we don't have any place to go back to if somebody's going to send us someplace. We're here, where we came from. That's not something that I've heard any of them say. Very few people. Maybe Bernie Sanders touched on some of that stuff about Native Americans and some of the issues that that pertain to Native Americans. But uh, that is something that I think is a little bit more depth, which if we get away from the extremes, we can investigate together. Where do we come from? Where do we belong? We all belong here. You can put the wall up, but I don't know which side to be on. And our roundtable with voters in Pueblo continues after a break on Colorado Matters from CPR News. 
You're with Colorado Matters from CPR News. I'm Ryan Warner. Pueblo is the state's 10th largest city, and it may play an outsized role in the presidential election. Historically, it's been a Democratic stronghold, but Republicans have made gains, which is why both major party presidential candidates have made stops there. This past Friday, so did we, to meet about a dozen voters from across the political spectrum. Let's rejoin our conversation at the main library, a pretty stunning building that overlooks downtown. I'd like to ask if there are any truly undecided voters here today. The, oh, you are the unicorn of this election. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I don't have the thing coming out of the head. And, and I'm obviously here, so I'm not mythical. Uh, my name is Alexander Otero. I am the son of Mel Otero. Whom we just heard. Yes. I like to think of myself as a mugwump in the truest 1800s sense of the word. I, I don't know the term. Uh, a mugwump was an individual who split themselves from the Republican Party that was against corruption and against outside influence on individuals in positions of power. And I do not believe we currently have anyone that is truly qualified to, and I will say it with uh, a hefty dose of air quotes, run the country. You truly don't know who you're voting for. I do not know who I'm going to vote Are you leaning? I would say I would have to be leaning towards a third-party candidate. However... Outside of that, I do not believe that I could lean towards either candidate. All right. Any other uh, undecideds here? I have no clue. My name is Floyd Hadamil. I'm 65 years old. I'm a disabled steel worker, and I am a strong Democrat. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm favoring Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Why not? Because neither one of them appealed to me. I just don't feel that neither one of them are qualified to run this country. What qualification are you looking for? Well, you know, John F. Kennedy said it the best. That's not what your country can do for you. Do That's what you can do for your country. You're the second to quote him today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, but he was a positive leader. And that's one thing we don't have. You, you can't really believe it, Hillary, because I don't believe she has the integrity. And the people she's grabbing to help uh, put together her administration are a lot of befores. They're gone. Because they don't come and ask the grassroots people, what do we need? It's always high-profile people that get together. You know, the grassroots people are the ones that are struggling. And I don't think Donald Trump can help because he's been spoon-fed all his life. Did you vote for Obama? No. I refuse to vote for Obama because we become a socialist country. What happened to the pride that people had when they did work and brought home that paycheck to support their families? That's out the window. I've been a community advocate for over 40 years. I've been in the trenches. I've been pushing real hard to make a positive change in the community of Pueblo. But it's the power brokers, the social structure cuts us down. What makes you a Democrat? It's generational. It's my great-grandfather was Democrat, my grandfather Democrat, my parents were Democrat. So I'm a Democrat. But you voted for Republicans in the past? Yes. For president? <laughs> we'll leave that empty. Okay. As a veteran who fought for our country, I can do what I feel is right for me and our country. Oh. 
So what do you think you'll do, if you don't mind my asking, about the, the top of the ticket? It's hard to say. It's very hard. And I, I've talked to many other people in our community, and they throw their hands up in disgust. You just can't say, well, we're going to send 12 million Mexicans back to Mexico. If they've been here providing for their families and being out of trouble, of course grant, grant them amnesty, as long as they're paying taxes. Nafis, did you have something? I wouldn't say that we're a social country. We're still highly capitalist, um, except because uh, it's when this trickle-down economics came in. Actually, it's before my time. I think you call it Reaganomics is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like a good idea. You know, you give the corporations and companies subsidies and tax cuts, and then they create jobs. Unfortunately, they've been sending these, like Donald Trump, has been sending these companies to Mexico, China, and overseas. So declining jobs have went down. And... What are we left with? McDonald's and some jobs here and there, but nothing of really substance. Like the steel mills. We still, luckily, we had Pablo to sell a steel mill, but a lot of those are off and gone. So this middle class is just, it's, it's degrading because of the fact that most of these companies have shipped their jobs away. Nafis, you're sitting next to a steel worker. Mm-hmm. I wonder what you think of what you're mm-hmm. hearing, Jim. Well, I'm sitting here thinking a uh, NAFTA... Actually, sent a lot of those jobs to Mexico, you know, mm-hmm. like with Carrier and stuff like that. And wasn't it Hillary's yes. husband that sent him there? And she supported it dearly. And Donald Trump in- is, is taking part of it. So they're both wrong. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it was her husband that actually wrote and got so, a pass. All right. So we have Donald Trump who wants to be our president. And he's, as a president... Don't get me wrong. Hillary Clinton is not a, the candidate I want to be in office. But Donald Trump doesn't lead by example either. I'm Leonard Jimenez. I'm 68 years old. I'm retired uh, law enforcement. I served as an officer in the United States Army during the uh, Vietnam and uh, Cold War periods in our nation's history. I'm unaffiliated, and uh, I am uh, supporting Trump. My concerns here are, at this particular point in time, our national security, like Jim. I'm concerned about law and order. I'm concerned about uh, the Second Amendment. The reason I'm unaffiliated is because I see that the Democratic Party has gone far too left. The Republican Party has gone far too right, for my personal feelings. With Hillary Clinton, you can see some of the things that... uh, that she's uh, saying and doing, for example, uh, the Second Amendment. She wants to uh, actually do away with that. She says she's for... She doesn't want to do away with the Second Amendment. She says... very clear. She says she's for reasonable gun control. But reasonable gun control to her is utilizing what she calls universal background checks. We already have background checks, okay? Universal background checks would be, uh, according to her own words, handled by uh, a federal entity such as the FBI where it amounts to registration. She also says that she's for the Australian model. She said this is... She says that she would look at it. The Australian model is where you registered your guns, okay, uh, in good faith, believing that uh, the government was going to allow you to defend yourself or continue to defend yourself. But then they confiscated these firearms. I have a lot of relatives who are female, and I resent the fact that Hillary Clinton, with her so-called reasonable gun control, 
would deprive my female uh, relatives of the right to defend themselves. The point I'm trying to make here is that there is real evil out there. I've seen it. And there's a lot of hatred here in this country since Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton service. I really don't like the direction that Hillary Clinton is going with the Second Amendment. With regard to uh, national security, everything she's done with regard to, in my opinion, uh, or most of what she's done, has failed. You're talking about the failed state of Libya. Okay, you're talking about the debacle uh, in Iraq. Uh, But uh, just as importantly, with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, we're now coming into the Cold War. I don't think uh, Hillary Clinton is the way to go. I think uh, Donald Trump is. People will say he doesn't have uh, the experience. Well, neither did Barack Obama. I think, uh, though, Trump uh, will listen to his generals and his advisors. I want to say that the unemployment rate is more than a point higher here in Pueblo than the state overall. And I I just want to talk a little bit about jobs, because that, that too, has been a big issue in this election year. And Linda Torres, you have a, a, a story to tell in this regard. Can, can you just introduce yourself to us? My name's Linda Torres. Um, I'm voting for Hillary. I'm 55 years old. I'm an administrative assistant. I worked at a university of Denver, and um, I, I've been here for two years, and it's been difficult finding a job in Pueblo. You had and, been in Denver before. Yes. I, I just felt it's very difficult to find a job here because uh, it's real political. It's not who you know. It's not. It's, it's not your education or your experience. It's uh, it's all political. It's it's who you know, not what you know. And yeah. you are supporting Hillary Clinton. Some might say, "Goodness, uh, she'll continue many of the policies that uh, Barack Obama pursued for eight years." It sounds like you're a woman in need of a change. Why do you support Hillary Clinton? Because her she she's knowledgeable. She knows what women are going through. You know, uh, we're smart, we're independent, and uh, I don't, I don't like the name calling that comes from Donald Trump. You know, just they said that he changed. He hasn't changed. He just called Miss Universe uh, Piggy and, and did a, a war treat at three o'clock in the morning. I think women need to be higher standards. You know, we we deserve the respect and the equal pay. You know, the dignity. Um, we're hardworking mothers. We're educators. Women deserve the respect that Don, Donald Trump's not giving us. You know, and, and then the sexual assault that he's been been doing to women, the groping and bragging about it, I think that's um, that's not respecting the women. He has said that, that he's not engaged in this, um, but that it's locker room talk. Natalie White, we haven't heard from you. You're a, a high school student, student body president, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. You're leaning Trump, is that correct? Yeah, that's also correct. So tell me about... Uh, Hispanic woman supporting Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, I think that was the real unicorn in the room. Was the Hispanic woman? Um, you were the actual unicorn. Uh, okay. Was the young woman? She was 18. So it's definitely those three groups individually aren't normally characteristics uh, the, of the supporters of Donald Trump. Uh, but the reasons I uh, would support Donald Trump is because what I'm looking for in a president is something. It's different. We need a change. And with Hillary Clinton, I believe it would be more of the same. A change in what? 
Well, I think our economics is um, just the way that our country is going, um, the jobs and the way the economy is overall. The economy has improved dramatically under President Obama in terms of the unemployment rate, for instance. So what, what do um, you see as the I think a lot of the programs the that he's um, starting to endorse, like Obamacare, and um, like someone said, like we've become a socialist economy. Um, and we're not completely socialist, but I think that just a lot of the um, all the entitlement programs that have been come out and um, that from taxpayer dollars and just um, things like that, and also with foreign affairs, or foreign policy, I believe that we do need stricter immigration laws and we do need to protect our country. And I think that with Hillary Clinton, I just she's kind of like the open borders kind of thing is just, I don't know. Tell me of those issues, which one hits you closest to home? Which one is most personal for you? I would say most um, personally would be just uh, foreign policy. And why? Um, just the protection of our nation. Uh, me individually, I'm um, pursuing to um, actually attend the Air Force Academy. So um, service to my country is something that's a big deal to me. Going into that, if I don't have a president that's working as hard as they can to protect the country, and just in my own personal opinion, I believe that Donald Trump would do more for the protection of our country than Hillary Clinton would. And that's just something that means a lot to me, again, personally. Ingrid Lopez here. Go ahead. Um, have you ever been to Mexico or, like, even crossed a border, like, by car or anything? No? Yeah. Well, it's really heavy security. Um, if anything, our borders are actually a lot more secure now. The, the way that immigrants come here, the majority of the time is that they get a visa and they just overstay there, the permit. You know, I cross from El Paso to Juarez every, two times a year. So, you know, I, I've experienced how heavy um, the security is there. This is Mel Otero, and something about the, the borders in Pueblo, we're in a bit of a unique situation, is survivors of the Rust Belt, our Siofana steel mill, was owned by the Rockefeller family, and now it's owned by a Russian conglomerate. Efraz, I think. Right? Efraz, steel mill. So we are challenged to kind of put that business of protecting our economic borders and our physical borders into a perspective. And I appreciate these young folks talking about that, but they're going to be faced with those challenges into the future that are going to be even more complicated than we have now. Because that steel that goes into American railroads, the profits generated by that are not staying here in the U.S. They're going someplace else. And what does that tell you then, Mel? Well, it tells me that we have to get away from the soundbite politics, close the borders. Well, we can't close the borders and we can't stop companies from going elsewhere because if we kick out those companies that come from elsewhere, the employment prospects in Pueblo are going to be much worse than they are now. We wouldn't have a steel mill if it weren't for Russian investment in the U.S. And that takes place elsewhere. Toyota builds cars in the United States of America. So adversaries become collegial economic partners. And I think that's what it tells me, is that tells me that these people who are going to be at the top of our political food chain are politicians who have to be politicians, had better be diplomats at the same time, economic diplomats and political diplomats. And that, again, leads you to support Hillary Clinton. That leads me to support Hillary Clinton now, yes, for this term. For this term. Yes. My dad does work for Everest. And uh, he's told me there that he, they have seen a rapid decline in jobs and, un, and unemployment. He's been un, uh, laid off about uh, four times in the last year or so, and for two-week periods. My dad told me that a lot of the reason they're losing their jobs is because a lot of um, metal and production that is being bought from China. Well, that's what Donald Trump built. His buildings with Chinese steel, and that's right. a fact. 
So those two most recent voices you heard belong to Paul Torres and Daniel Trujillo. They were among the dozen or so voters who gathered in Puebla to talk with me about the presidential election. The final part of this conversation after a break on Colorado Matters from CPR News. It's Colorado Matters from CPR News. I'm Ryan Morner. A dozen voters from Pueblo carved out their lunchtime to meet us and to talk about the presidential election. Both major party presidential candidates have their eyes on the city of 108,000. When we visited, we had a question. What do you want the next president to know about your life? You can answer, too, using the Twitter hashtag DearWashington. I also wanted to know if these voters had questions for each other. Democrat, Clinton supporter, and Vietnam veteran Paul Torres jumped in. I just have one question. You know, I worked in public safety. I was the executive director of Denver's Police and Fire Commission. You know, I understand why law enforcement is, is supporting Donald Trump. He's the one candidate that came out and said law and order. I'm just not sure that he'll do what some of the Democrats have done to block grant money to create support for the local police departments. So I think a, a Democrat like Hillary will continue that. So don't give up hope on her. I think she can help us. So Paul Torres is, is essentially lobbing that question at you, uh, Leonard. <laughs> okay. And this is Leonard Jimenez. I see where Hillary Clinton stood by Black Lives Matter. Right now, we have a lot of police officers being killed, and it's not necessary. What I see from Hillary Clinton in supporting Black Lives Matter is that she's saying that we don't matter. Blue lives matter, don't matter. I shouldn't say we because I'm no longer there. A black uh, man has more of a chance of being killed by another black man. She's supporting people who advocate uh, killing officers. One, that's not true. That is far from the truth. That is a racist and bigot thing I am sad. I am disappointed as a human being that you said that. Black Lives Matter is, is, is just a protest saying, hey, we need better police training and better equipment for these police so they can have better police training. Ingrid, do you have something to say? Oh, yes. Ingrid Lopez here. Um, okay, sir, just the way, you know, I'm not going to say that I agree with the protests and, you know, what they chant, but I was recently at a Trump protest and I got called, in quote, a wetback. So do you, do you really believe that that's what the Trump campaign is about? Well, uh, and can I just follow up, you know? You cannot say that there is not a double standard when it comes to people, minorities. With the Brock Turner case, he actually raped a woman, and he got out in three months, but yet Tamir Rice was killed like that (laughs) for something so petty. Uh, Okay. Uh, If you're talking about uh, police, uh, a police killing here, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're talking about. And you also mentioned something about being called a wetback. I don't know anything about being called a wetback. Now... Uh, think, if people let's get can, to that point. I think what she's saying is that mm-hmm. it, um, it has been well documented that at Trump rallies, there's there are a lot of off-color things said, racist mm-hmm. things said. Well, I am uh, dark. I have uh, Native American features. I've faced racism all my life. Okay, uh, that doesn't stop me from working to get an education. I guess the the thing I'm trying to say here, the thing I'm trying to say, the thing I'm trying to say here is that with a racist, in my uh, experience, uh, he'll come at you head on. I don't have to worry about him and where he's coming at me. With somebody like Hillary Clinton, you'll get stabbed in the back 
So I, I, I don't understand mean, where you're coming from. I guess what I'm hearing you sure. say is that you're saying you, you know Trump and his supporters to have said racist things, and you prefer to know that because you know where they're coming from. It's not a surprise. Well, I always prefer to know uh, where a racist is coming from. I have family. Do you think Trump is a racist? Uh, I didn't say that. Okay. Well, okay, were you, you were you, talking, she was talking about people who were at Trump uh, rallies. Okay. Okay. I, um, I see, like I said before, a lot of hatred, a lot of racism. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather face them uh, than Hillary Clinton. Uh, I don't think she's good for the uh, country. I want to thank you all for being with us and uh, sitting in a room together, Trump and Clinton supporters and no candidate supporters at all, and speaking with us. The voices of Leonard Jimenez, Ingrid Lopez, Nafis Cameron, and Paul Torres most recently. They joined us alongside some of their family, friends, and neighbors in Pueblo to talk about the election. Special thanks to the Pueblo City County Library for hosting us. Rachel Estabrook produced today's show with audio help from Matt Hers. So next week, we'll have our regular conversation with Governor John Hickenlooper, and you can send us your questions for him to news at CPR.org, news at CPR.org, and you may hear his answer on the air. I'm Ryan Warner. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News.